Hi, everyone. I'm super excited to have Dr. Leila Ali today. Uh, she has been a pharmacist for over 20 years. She's an author, great book, a speaker, and she does stand-up comedy, and now she has a podcast out. So during her years as a pharmacist, she's had the opportunity to see how patients who take more and more medications over time get sicker and sicker. And she found that people who depend upon medical doctors for all their healthcare needs become long-term chronically ill patients. The simple truth is that medical doctors are no longer trained in true health. They're only trained in drugs. This causes people to struggle with their health for years when they don't need to. This inspired her to write her book, Off Balance, American Way of Health, a pharmacist's perspective on why drugs don't work. Today, we're going to talk to her about her unique perspective as a pharmacist and some stand-up comedy. Welcome, Dr. Ali. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've been like, I was so happy when I met you. Um, we met like a few months ago at a, I forgot it was a show at Oprah Mike. Um, it was an open mic. Yeah, I was just so amazed to find somebody so smart and so funny. And I was just really grateful. Um, so yeah, so I'm just curious, how did your parents push you into doing stand-up comedy? Uh, they didn't really, nobody pushed me. It kind of was like a calling <laughs> Yeah. You know, like it kind of felt like it's something I needed to go step out and do. And, uh, um, you know, my mom's been a good fan. She doesn't miss a show, you know, so. Awesome. But, uh, yeah. But like what got you like inspired? Were you like, oh, like, you know, when we were young, did you think you can do it? Or was it something that um, developed as you as you as you saw more people? Like, I'm just curious. It's kind of like I've always been a little quirky and a lot of people are telling me, like, you should do stand up. And then. One time it just felt right. And I just looked and I found the next class and I started, you know, to learn it. So it was just kind of like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you go. No. Yeah. It was just kind of like the moment was right and stuff. And, you know, my dad passed a long time ago, but there was a moment when he told us this joke and he said, there's a, um, this, well, he was, he was saying this girl was really dumb. And so she told her mother (laughs) that she was pregnant and the mother said, are you sure it's yours? And that was a joke. And then he said, well, why is, why is that funny? And I thought, oh my God, that's a stupid question. He's so annoying, you know? But then later you're thinking like, why is that funny? What makes something funny? So it kind of planted a seed. So that was sort of interesting looking back at it. That's so, you have such an incredible life. I was reading your book. I was just like amazed, but that, that is funny. When, when was this? When he said, oh, a yeah. kid growing up. I mean, just, you know, just some random moment. <laughs> I was it's probably insane. I don't know 10 12 you're smart and funny from the genetics that's awesome. <laughs> and um then it's funny you're, you're a pharmacist because like a lot of comics no shade but um they're they don't have as stable and respectable as a job that you have um I'm just curious how do you feel like going to open mics and like being somebody so like professional well, there's there's a handful of people. No, there's a handful of people that are professionals, and you, you see them. You know, a lot of people aren't. Right. I always feel a little older and out of place, but me too. It's always yeah, I know you too, huh? So yeah, but it's 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 kind of a rush. Like at first, you know, you're scared to go up, and then you get a couple of laughs, and you think you're funny. <laughs> so it's it's fun. I enjoy it. That's awesome. And you're great on stage too. Um, so 
What drugs do you recommend comics to take before they get on stage? You know, that's kind of funny because I guess it depends on what their needs are. <laughs> what if I'm nervous? Like, should I, should I take Adderall? There's actually a drug that somebody recommended to me a long time ago, and it's, it's like a very low-dose heart med. And, right exactly it was called like <laughs> like a propranolol it's like a beta blocker and it goes up to like 160 milligrams but 10 milligrams so when I started when I had to take speech in school I was a nervous wreck my my heartbeat was beating out of control and you can't how are you going to go talk when you're like that like you never be right. calm right, right and so I actually did that a few times wow and so when even though I was nervous I, you couldn't, you didn't have the symptoms of being nervous Whoa. so you can gain more confidence. So I actually needed to do that for probably the first three times that I spoke and then that was it. But yeah. <laughs> so I need advice and that of that from you. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't need it. You're already on stage. I mean, if you're up there and you're, you're, you know, your throat's dry and you're yeah. sh physically shaking and your heart's beating out of your chest, it's fine. You know what I mean? It, it's good, but Again, I did it like three times, a super low dose, and I was like, thank you. <laughs> so. Amazing. Oh, my God. It's a secret weapon. I love it. Yeah. Well, so, for, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, 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 if you're that, if you're that, like, nervous, like I was, most people aren't, like, I was kind of, like, I was kind of extremely nervous that I, I couldn't even talk and shake, you know? Wow. So I did have to overcome that <laughs> to do what I do. I wouldn't be able to tell because, uh, you know, most people say public speaking is like their greatest fear. Like now that I'm surrounded by comedians for the last couple of years, I was like, oh, sounds sounds crazy to me. But it's always good to have have drugs. Um, <laughs> your side. Um, so I'm just curious, why uh, why pharmacy? Did you start out, you know, wanting that path? Did you, you know, take a few other uh, detours? Like why? Why that? You know, I actually had a. Um... I got a degree in anthropology. And after that, I was like, hmm, now what do I do? And I was kind of searching around for a couple of years, but I happened to be working in the pharmacy. Um, and even then I was like, no. But then I just, I woke up, <laughs> I kept asking like, what am I supposed to be doing? Because once I know, right. I'll go full speed ahead. Right. And then it just popped in my head one morning and said pharmacy. And I'm like, that's what I'm so Like I got my answer, Whoa. you know? <laughs> so, so yeah. Why anthropology? Good. That's... Because I, I didn't know what anthropology was until I got into college and I had to fulfill this requirement. Um, but yeah, why anthropology? I mean, I like to travel when I was in my 20s and I was interested in the different cultures. Nice. It also had a class on the biological, you know, evolution, biological anthropology. So it's not very practical degree, but it was interesting. I feel it's like it's a those... pre-med degree. Oh, right. Or no, no, it's not. <laughs> no. No, it's, it's, a, it's a social science. Degree. <laughs> what yeah, did you no. think you're going to do after the words? Like, what, did you think you're going to go to grad school? Like, what was the plan? Yeah, I was looking at grad schools. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you got yeah. four more years of grad school. Um, well, I, I had to go back. Right, kind of. Oh. I had to go back to the junior college to get two years of science. Uh, and okay. then I went to pharmacy school for three years year round. So. And so you have this bit on pharmacy school, which I think is hilarious. I'm not going to make you say it here so you can, you know, <laughs> but like, what do you think of pharmacy school in general? Uh, well, pharmacy has been a pretty big disappointment because, <laughs> part, you know, I mean, three days after I got out of pharmacy school and I'm in a pharmacy and you're there, it's like, you have to do all this learning and growing to get where you are. And all of a sudden 
you're kind of done with all that and you're in a like little cage in a pharmacy and I'm like I didn't plan this well you know what I mean I just have a lot more <laughs> energy to learn and do stuff you know and then I learned about how I mean besides the student loans you know that are ridiculous oh, now yeah. but then I learned how you know people are staying sick when they don't need to when I you know part of my journey is is learning that um that people are on meds and there's sometimes simple solutions and pharmacists and medical doctors don't learn anything about the natural approaches, which would save them a lot of time and energy and money in their healthcare. Right. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah. I, we have a lot of opinions on this for sure, but you know, I do want you to keep your job. So I'm not going to press too much. About <laughs> this, but, like, you, ab- ab- absolutely. Everyone should read her book because she goes more in depth into this. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit more about comedy. Like, what was your first open mic like for you? Uh, first one was at the uh, Irvine Improv outside in the patio. Whoa. Friendly Frankton. And, uh, I love that place, yes. And you see people go up and you think, okay, I think I'm funnier than them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, still, uh, you know, it's... Uh, you get up there and you're nervous and, you know, you get a couple of people chuckling in different parts and then you're just like, okay, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> you remember but, what, you, what jokes you told or like what topics you were talking about that first night? I think my first set was on, oh shoot, was on pharmacy. I think the first set I did was on pharmacy. Um, I'm just saying, do people like tell you to tell them a joke when, when you say you're a comedian or do you just not tell people? Well, day job. <laughs> I don't really get that a lot. <laughs> like, tell me a joke. If they do, I guess we'll send them a video, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I should send them a video in the future. Um, so, like, what surprised you about being in comedy? Um, what surprised me? Well, I guess, you know, I didn't really know all about the open mics, honestly, until I took the class. Like, I didn't know that there's a whole little subculture going on of people that... Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a small world there, and uh, and um, you know, it's uh, it's good. It, it's it's like a small group of people. You see a lot of them over and over, and uh, um, you know, they're just people. Some people do it for the fun and yeah. the joy. Others take it more as a craft, yeah, and a study, and take it more serious. And some just like the social part of it. But it's like an outlet. But it's it's you know. It's good. I, I sometimes I think those open mics take a little long. Like I don't want to go sit they there for hours. Do. They do. Totally. Yeah. So that's. But um, you know, you see what other people do. I mean, the shows have been really fun to do too. Yeah, it's been getting better. Like at the time of the recording, we're like, I mean, I don't know. I have opinions about this. You know, you know what? But hopefully, more people just go out, have fun, resume life as usual. Um, and what was comedy school like? I, I've I've talked to you about maybe going, but like I'm just curious. Like, do you recommend it for newbies? Like, what did you learn? Um, I, I I recommend it because you can you can tell when I mean I can kind of tell now when people got a little more structure and training. Yeah. And formula. So I mean, if you you want to get good at it and more and be more confident, and you know you'll be with a group of people. It was kind of funny because like the first time maybe there's 10 people and on the third time you go you just do what you think is funny and read it Hmm. and that's probably like the most vulnerable moment (laughs) you just like 
you know, like it's all there's 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 like a rhythm to comedy, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of pe- people all go in with their own quirks and they've been funny all their life and stuff like that. But it's all like turning it into the formula of comedy, right? A setup and a punchline. And there should be a laugh every few sentences, you know, at the most. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be long stories. So I think it's I think it's really helpful. Yeah, makes sense. And um, how long have you been doing comedy? Um, I want to say uh, two years minus the pandemic, maybe. Awesome. So that's like like uh, like me. I started like October 29th. 2019 so basically just celebrated the two-year anniversary it's kind of weird like the comedy anniversaries um but awesome yeah it's around the same time then um yeah Uh, look at the date of this video but i don't see it but yeah i think it was about that i think it was 19 yeah i feel like a lot of people like dropped out or but like we're hanging in there you know hanging in there forever um (laughs) coming back right yeah absolutely so what advice you have for people listening you're like oh maybe i should try comedy like what would you have for newbies who are thinking about it uh it's a lot of fun i mean you know you can just go for it you know the worst case scenario is you're not funny you know nobody remembers you yeah people think it's such a big deal but because it's really not and like when i was I have always been a pretty big comedy fan and I, I like hyped it up as more than it really was. I mean, it is fun, but it's not that big of a deal. Like you said, just go for it. Um, yeah. yeah. And if you're and, serious, get some classes and structure and you'll be happier, you know? That's true. But, yeah. I'm going to look at what, what schools haven't banned me. Uh, we'll go <laughs> um, so what was it like? For, what do you, what do you recommend for other people for pharmacy school? What are your thoughts on that? Mm, pharmacy school i would say don't go so Change should they career. okay well, what should they do <laughs> if they want to heal people and maybe help people maybe that's a better question like what would you recommend they do well for the, the problem with pharmacy is is besides the fact that you don't learn any basics of health you know there's also a lot of pharmacy schools now there's only three when i graduated or four in 1998 and they just opened a whole bunch in california there's probably at least 12, which means that there's a whole busload of pharmacists getting out of pharmacy school looking for those jobs where there used to be a shortage. So yeah. So besides that, you get out with probably $150,000, $200,000 in debt, and there's a lot less jobs. Yeah. So besides that, the whole job sucks anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just don't do it. <laughs> if, if, but so... <laughs> So what what to do instead is what you asked. I I would try and get something more holistic minded. And there's some that are four year degrees, uh, like a naturopath and things like that. I mean, the people that really learn about healing and nutrition and things like that, even acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine is a good one. I think more people are figuring out that the Western medicine isn't going to help you and you got to find something else. That's so funny because my mom actually did two years of um, Eastern medicine. She was at Samra University. She was trying to get her like Chinese medicine uh, degree. And I think with Chinese medicine, the thing, and I've talked to other acupuncturists, they say like, oh, it's like low, uh, I guess, low earning. Um, Do you think pharmacy is like, well, I guess if it's a lot of people, then it's competitive anyways. But okay, Yeah. yeah, that's. That's great. No, but I, I think the thing with all the alternative that they struggle with is you're not part of the healthcare 
right system you know that insurance pays for this or that the insurance pays for things that aren't the best for you right, right. so that's a struggle with it but but if they really want to make money they could i mean that's the yeah I'm, saying like you can you can do other stuff um you can sell other supplements you can you know do coaching or health coaching or all that stuff that makes sense um yeah yeah and you have a book and i'm reading it right now it's amazing can you tell us about your book um and the process of writing it well the book is off balance the american way of health the pharmacist perspective on why drugs don't work and um I had like epiphanies when I got out of pharmacy school that, you know, because I grew up in my, do- my father was a medical doctor and a surgeon. My mother did the instruments and surgery. So I didn't know that there was any other choices. And, and, you know, we, even in our, our hallway closet, we had a cabinet full of medicine. And so whenever somebody was sick, then, my, you know, my father and mother would go there and get something. So I always felt safe being, knowing that we'd be around medications that would help. And, you know, I had some epiphanies that things changed that I, I'm like, okay, this isn't, this Western, this pharmacy is not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And one of them was after pharmacy school and people were talking about cleansing and getting toxins out of your body. And I didn't know anything about that. I mean, you know, here I am at a pharmacy school and, you know, they never talked about that. And I'm like, well, it couldn't hurt, but I didn't know anything about it. So I asked a friend of mine and, you know, hey, can you get me one of those cleanses? And he brought me over a couple of books and the cleanse, and I started reading these books. I was just going to skim them just enough to, to figure out what I needed to do. But instead I read them, you know, like cover to cover. And it said like 95% of diseases are caused by what you eat. Man. And I'm like, well, here I am out of pharmacy school and nobody has ever told me that, you know, I have a doctor title right. and a healthcare profession and nobody ever mentioned it. And so I actually went back and I, I started looking up some common diseases to see if they mentioned, you know, what you eat as a cause. Right. And so I looked up gastroesophageal reflux disease and it had some like jibber jabber complex balance between defense <laughs> mechanisms and, you know, all this stuff you had to memorize. And that, that's kind of what started me on wanting to learn about holistic health right there. When I realized that we did, that there's all these basics of health that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so, so I started like holding a mixer in Long Beach. We had a monthly mixer. I would have uh, alternative and natural healthcare practitioners come. Wow. And, they would give like 10 minute sessions of what they do. So I got to meet them and, you know, wrote up a flyer, what they did. So I got to learn a lot. And I also met people who healed themselves from things that their doctors couldn't treat. So I, you know, I have eight interviews in there of people that once they got away from their doctors, they were able to heal. And so I started writing and I didn't really feel like I had enough to write a book. It was more like a vent. And then it developed into a book. <laughs> I think it's like 280, 90 pages. So I love it. Yeah, it's so well researched, and I'm still like just flipping through the pages, and like just very well researched. You guys can get it on Amazon as well. Um, and now you have a podcast. Can you tell us a little bit more about the podcast, also? You know, the podcast will be going over the book, and then I'll also be talking to holistic and natural healthcare practitioners. And also, I'm going to talk to people who healed themselves. Like I said, those are amazing stories. And it's, it's just really shameful when you see what the medical system, how they make them struggle yeah. when they don't have to. And so I want to talk to all those people. It's going to be called For Better Medicine. Love it. And I'm, I think the first episode is out at the time of recording this episode. So um, definitely go check it out. And um, what are your thoughts on what is happening in the world today? Um. The COVID, 
Yeah, we can talk about anything, whatever you feel comfortable with. Oh, no, no, I'm totally fine with that. And, you know, again, I've seen for years that they keep people sick long term. You know, that, like our medical system does that. We have doctors that are told that they're smart and they're arrogant. And they know more about health than you. And then they're telling them, you know, to get the vaccine and the jab. And it's exactly what's been happening for years. There's these simple solutions. They're using them all over the world in different countries. They have been now for it's almost two years that they've been using these and they don't, they're not recognized here. We're talking about hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, you know, zinc, vitamin D, all these things. And they have tons of information and studies. And, you know, there's some doctors, Dr. Pierre Corey is one that I've been following. And he has studies from all over the world. He said there's mountains of evidence that this ivermectin works. Mm-hmm. Yet you don't hear Fauci acknowledge it at all. They're letting people stay sick here. They're letting people die here. Yeah. I mean, it's really shameful. And that vaccine, if or they call it, you know, gene therapy is what it's really called. Yeah, I would, I hope people stay away from it. I know too many people got it. And yeah. I see the side effects coming before they realize what it is, you know? Yeah. I know so. people who've, you know, passed away from it. And I guess in the, the time of recording this is i guess it's still developing but there's a lot of lawsuits against you know big pharma and uh, for years just you know people have always been against big pharma and i guess this i hope this is like the turning point you know when people say hey enough is enough maybe we shouldn't be you know um doing medical tyranny basically what's happening in australia is just horrible so yeah i mean we are one individual but i i hope through your book through your podcast more people wake up when i say stuff i mean i'm not a medical doctor so people don't really take it seriously that's fine but you know you are trained you are somebody who's been in the field for literally two decades so hopefully people can you know make their own decisions and you know do the research and come to their own conclusions so thank you for that um and what do you think is the future of um, medicine oh well you know if this doesn't wake people to get a, wake up people to get away from pharmaceuticals and stop going back and start going back to the basics of the health, mm-hmm. you know, uh, natural products, letting go of negative emotions and past traumas, you know, things like that is what we need to go to. So, you know, if people, pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical companies are literally killing people now. So maybe the ones left, maybe we'll be headed that way. <laughs> the one was left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope so. I mean, that's what I've been working towards, yeah. but this stuff gets censored all the time too. So. Yeah. And then we can do a whole 10 episodes about censorship and all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I do see like, a, I, I see changes like now that I don't see maybe even like a year ago. So hopefully we're, we're changing for the better so that people can, you know, make their own decisions. Um, and where do you think the future of comedy is going? Just to end it on a happier note. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I hope it gets bigger, people. You know, laughter is actually very healing. There's a book on a guy that was very sick and was given terminal diagnosis and he laughed his way to health. It gives you those endorphins and healing. So we need some comedians and we need them to be funny. <laughs> yeah i don't think it's gonna go away hopefully it just get bigger and bigger so yeah we need comics more than ever like i just can't uh respect comics who kind of just 
uh, didn't do anything the last two years. <laughs> so oh. um, yeah, uh, be out there, be making people laugh. Awesome. So where can we find out more about you? What's your website? How can we contact you? Uh, so I have a drlaylaali.com website, um, D-R-L-E-Y-L-A-A-L-I. I also have the podcast website is going to be forbettermedicine.com. And, awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the book is, like you said, on Amazon, Off Balance, The American Way of Health. But we can put the links underneath, right? Yeah, Under- I'm going to do yeah. that. Okay. About it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Ali. I learned so much from you, as always. And visit her website, buy her book, listen to her podcast, and I'll see you on the next episode. We'll see you on the next open mic. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Lee.